All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Pints and Provisions podcast. My name is Evan Pike. Um, we're glad to have you back. We've uh, continued to upgrade a little bit of our uh, equipment, our intros and stuff, so we're trying to make this as fun to listen to as possible. Um, I'm going to introduce everybody to my left is Mark, our provisions guy. Hey, man. And then I have Ryan. I call him Beer IQ. Here we go. And then our guest, uh, our southern influence today is Brian. Uh, we brought him along to help us with charcuterie. Hi. So I'm going to just kind of turn it over already to Brian because he's already schooled us uh, considerably on what we're eating in terms of the charcuterie. So go ahead. All right. So the joke there is that earlier today in the text uh, that we were having a charcuterie platter. And so my text back was, although we call it charcuterie, um, since what we're having here is cured meats kind of in the Italian style, this is actually salumi. So if charcuterie was more is a French word, that would be more if you're going to have a terrine or a pate or something <laughs> like that. Okay, mind blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Everywhere you go, they call it a charcuterie platter, and you get you know you get some cured meats and uh, and some cheese and stuff like that. So that's what we got here. So they're uh, in front of us are two different uh, prosciuttos, uh, a pancetta and a bresciola. So the uh, kind of interesting thing, given that we're in Peoria, Illinois, you wouldn't expect that we would be a place that you could get excellent um you know cured meats uh, charcuterie however we're lucky enough to get stuff from a place in iowa called la quercia and so this is one of the places that even around the u.s is known to have some of the best stuff uh that you can get interesting story there is that they got their start uh after living in parma italy for three uh whoa. three years whoa saw you know how they do it over there came back to came back home uh named their place la quercia uh, Italian for the oak, because acorns play such an important role in uh, in making good charcuterie. Like a barico ham. Exactly, a barico ham. They eat acorns. Um, it, it tastes like a nut. Yeah. Like that stuff is yep. so awesome. And and uh, is that this one? Uh, nope. No, that is that is beef. I don't think we have that here. But no, that's okay. No. That stuff's hard to get. Right. It is. So uh, I looked into it, and uh, a barico lardo, which is what I really want to get. You can get it from La Quercia, but it's 150 bucks for two and a half pounds of pork fat. Oh, hey. Group well, effort, group effort maybe one day. So I think um, before we continue to dive in here, I know we always like to start off with a little bit of what was your favorite beer of the week. Um, so that was a good introduction to what we're eating. So we're just kind of snacking on this. Um, but I'm going to let Mark let us know what was one of the best beers he had this week. Okay, so I really enjoyed uh, a beer from Treehouse. Uh, Hurricane. I think it's one of their newer ones. It's uh, the double IPA, um, real heavy on Simcoe and Citra hops. It was a hazy juice bomb, and I it, great beer. Yeah, right. mine's a little uh, unique this time. It's uh, it was a local beer down on the east coast of Mexico, where uh, my wife and I were for a couple days towards the end of last week. It is by. Uh, Cerveza Pescadores, and it was their American IPA. So it was uh, 7% 65 IBU. It tasted a little bit more like a hoppy red ale, but uh, in 85 degree sun, looking out on the ocean, it was pretty hard to beat. So uh, that combination, and actually, it was actually it was pr it was a pretty well done beer, especially for you know that foreign IPA doesn't always tend to go so well, and and this one was was a pretty good one. Made with pure Mexican hops. Yeah. It was malty, but it was it had a nice bitterness. It was good. 
Awesome. How about you, Brian? All right. Best beer I had was uh, a local beer, House in the Clouds by Triftic. Now, nice. the caveat here is that nice. I, I gave up, um, well, everything but water for Lent, uh, except for my <laughs> birthday weekend. So yeah. I only, only had three beers, but House in the Clouds, uh, Triptych, uh, Hazy Pale Ale is what they called it. And a great way to describe it. Um, still had the haze in the mouthfeel, but kind of had a really clean finish and easy drinking. Would highly recommend. I think I've termed it, it you know, if you could, hypothetically, if you could get enough of them, it'd be kind of a perfect beer this summer. Yep. Well, I think from what I understood, and we're always, uh, we're a little bit of a local fanboy to Triptych, is uh, they'd been experimenting with some uh, house yeast strains, which is kind of, you know, they, they, they went away from their dank meme. Uh, yeast strain and kind of this was one of their first experiments mm -hmm. with their new one so i've heard great things about it last thing that we had i think that was just phenomenal was a wizard is never late that was great that and was <coughs> i think that was with their old one but now they got this new one which is great i think that's wonderful Excellent. that they're I continuing to evolve used the, the meme uh the meme yeast strain so yeah this is this is completely different i mean it's it's great yeah. i had it as well brian and I liked it. My wife loved it, and it was a, a fantastic beer. I recommend if you can find it, snag some. I would also like to give a shout-out to my worst beer of the week. I went to Ooh. a uh, church function. <laughs> yes. Uh, church fish fry. Fish fry. And, and you know, they're, they're with it. They're going to give you a craft beer option, so I went with a craft beer option. That craft beer option was Sierra Nevada Torpedo with a can date of April 2017. <laughs> Don't age <laughs> your Sierra Nevada torpedo. Uh, technically, yes, a craft beer, but maybe not the best craft beer option. No. At least, at least shelf life. And the, oh, I'll never get that extra dollar back. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You know, it's uh, it's for Lent. It was for the kids. Yeah. So uh, mine was. Uh, I think all the Philadelphia Eagles fans will love this one. It was from the Answer Brew Pub, which is in Richmond, Virginia, uh, a, a big destination for beer fans. It was called Nick Foles. It was a popsicle-style goose with passion fruit, raspberries, and watermelon. You know, these clock in really low on ABV, and they are like fruit puree, it, it just like fruit bombs. It's like fruit juice with a hint of, okay, it's maybe kind of beer. Uh, I, I gave a sip to my wife, and she goes, oh, I don't know if I really want to have a drink tonight. And I go, no, seriously, you have to have a drink of this. And she said... I think the kids might actually drink this, <laughs> which like I didn't let them. with a little bit of alcohol. Holy cow. I mean, these <laughs> are and, – and the pulp and the actual, like, particulate matter that are in these things is amazing. But they're doing some great things at Answer. Uh, I think his last is on. That's where they get the Answer. Uh, they, they do some awesome, awesome stouts, awesome adjuncts and things to beers, and this is one of the bigger hits that they have. All right, so – I think that's a pretty good start on things. Uh, we got a little introduction to charcuterie and what it means and what we should have. So, Brian, where are we at with this stuff? All right. So, yep, I mentioned we got the the prosciutto. Prosciutto being your basic of what, what you want to get from uh, charcuterie platter, the pancetta. Um, kind of to talk about where it comes from on a, on a pig. Prosciutto is, uh, is from the leg. Um, pancetta would be the belly. And, uh, and then we've got Bresciola, which is actually um, a, beef, uh, a beef charcuterie. Again, the cool thing about La Quercia doing it the way old school is that there are no, all this is is salt, you know, the right temperature and some time. And time is in time, not, not the seasoning. So they don't, there's no dextrose. So if you look at, you know, the bacon that you'll get at the, at the supermarket, um, dextrose and things of that nature, it's not how they do it. This is, you know, this is the real deal, which is very cool that we can get this. Uh, get this in town. Good Looks for like Iowa. It has a little uh, 
maybe a pepper crust on it as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so what we're going to plan on pairing this with is we have a, uh, a side project, La Rouche, and this is an Oak Age Missouri Saison with honey. Clocks in at about 6% ABV. Uh, I think this should pair kind of nicely with the honey added, the Saison, and um, kind of a farmhouse a, ale yeah. always goes good Honey's with this. a great stuff. option anyways for uh, to bring the sweet into this plate. Got the whale slayer here. I got Mr. Whale. Bottle, bottle condition. Hopefully, doesn't flood our equipment. <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. We just you just gotta watch the watch the bubbly there. So and Evan, that's blend one, right? That's the first time this is they've this done is it. Blend number one. Okay. So we're gonna pour a little bit. All right. And when did when did they do that? Was that a? It was fairly recently. It was around. fairly recently. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Uh, Oh I man! Keep forgetting it's the early early months of the year, but it was probably September October time frame, maybe November when they released it. Okay. I think I think this style is one of the great ones that is is good when you kind of go with this artisanal meat cheese combination. You don't want a big stout. You don't want something that's going to overpower what you're eating. So good choice today, Bar Mark. Hey, while we're pouring here, can you uh, can you talk a little bit about that wicked bottle opener? The whale slayer. Um, I guess what it boils down to is there's a, a gentleman down in Mississippi um, who is a blacksmith who makes these um, per request, per you know person, so he doesn't put out a lot of these, but they got a lot of good weight to them. Uh, they have a wax cutter on them, so if you have something like from Side Project, like derivation or um, something like that, you can cut easily through the wax. Um, it's a nice, it's, it's like your... That thing's sexy. <laughs> it works really it. well. You can it, say it. That thing is awesome. It, it, it works really well. He does a lot of different designs. Y you know, it goes for that one-of-a-kind uh, feel to it. So I actually got this one at an auction. I'm still on the waiting list, which will probably be another year or two before I actually come up on the list to say, hey, it's your turn to order one. So every once in a while, he does an auction for like a charity or something. And so it actually does go to a good cause. It doesn't just go to his pocket. So Did you say this is from Mississippi? Mrs. Mississippi. Excellent. <laughs> and and everyone, Brian's from Tennessee, so um, a lot of his influences, of course, come from growing up in Tennessee. So um, it's all it's mostly good. Uh, every <laughs> <laughs> mostly. I've I've gotten to visit I've gotten to visit down where he's from, and uh, I tell you what, some of the unique things about his area. Uh, uh, describe that. Uh, well, Brian nev had never had a beer over seven percent before he came to Illinois, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because they're not allowed to sell it down right. south. Right, right. So, um, what was that style of barbecue that we, uh, Monroe County? Monroe County. Yeah. Sorry, not Monroe. I'm thinking right. of you know. Right. Yeah. So Monroe uh, Monroe County barbecue. It was excellent, excellent stuff. What do you guys think of this beer? Lovely. It's, it is. It's got that nice tart sweetness uh, that you would expect from the honey. Of course, it's got a uh, a very balanced funk. Which side project never disappoints. Side project no. never disappoints. It's not too overpowering with the, uh, you know, that farmhouse, you know, barnyard hay funk that comes with right. a lot of saisons. It's got a little bit more tartness and just kind of a little more balanced. You can get that oak fodor in there, and the honey is a, a really nice kind of cap to the beer. Yeah, no, it goes quite well with what we're uh, munching on here. Yeah, it does. Weighs yeah. in at about six percent, and um, technically the. Oh, 
So, Brian, is there a, a pairing that we should do? Combine a cracker, cheese, some jam, honey, something you got yeah, for us here? What you really want to do is is you're kind of pairing opposites, right? So even though we've got a lot of lot of salty with the prosciutto and whatnot and some Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, I guess technically you wouldn't go back-to-back -back with those because they're both salty, but Parmigiano-Reggiano is good, so you're not going to not get it. So these, here are, the the two, these right. are the two prosciuttos right here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you get those, and then, uh, yeah, if you can get some, some either the camembert cheese, a little softer cheese after it, or um, pair you know, the, the honey or, uh, yeah, the honey or the, the chutney with, um, with after that. Brian, what do you think makes a, a grape board? Is it the variety, or is it more about the pairings of what you have, like the salty and the sweet, and the, or all of the above? I, 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 did, I would say it's the variety, right? Do you want just one big plate of just one node to just right. a straight salt bomb? So give yeah. me, uh, so give me some variety in there. Is what so I would. Is that what I'd say? You're putting one together, multiple cheeses, yeah. multiple meats. Yeah, that aren't the same kind of style. So that, I think that's kind of the cool thing is you just go. You know, from one end of the spectrum, uh, one end of the spectrum to the other, and then you're gonna have everyone's gonna have some favorites, right? You're gonna have, sure. you know, prosciutto and, and, in my opinion, Parmigiano Reggiano and honey. You know, good to go there. Gosh, that pancetta has got a ton of like woody oak, um, you know, with that because it's a pretty fatty yeah, cut. Yeah. Mm. I don't know anything. No, look that for the one, one that has the, the most fat yeah, on it. There one. you go. Yep. It's that's very like woody and oak, which goes great with the La Rouge. Because in pancetta, that's that's just basically pork belly so bacon okay. except it's not cooked just shaved raw bacon salted and cured yep it's it's so cool that there's a place like that in Iowa which uh you know as 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 famously it goes if you build it they will come um that's Iowa true. Iowa always has a special place in my heart cuz that's where I spent a lot of time but yeah it's it's a fairly diverse area that's got a lot of good things going for it so if you have, I mean if you think about you could probably now. Where is this? Um, I'm gonna say it wrong. Nor either Norwalk. Norwalk. Yeah. That's right. I've got extended family in Norwalk, so you could yeah. go there, make an extended trip, maybe up to like Toplin Goliath. I mean, that's that's not that's not right next door, but you could drive up there and make it a make it a trip, and you know you can then when a you're up there you can a beer charcuterie a beer charcuterie day, day. and then you can hit Pulpit Rock up in Decorah too. Nice. Oh yeah, this is wonderful. It's nice that we can uh, talk about something other than beer sometimes. And Evan and Mark were nice enough to bring some uh, deer sausage and and duck sausage too, so it's not just the charcuterie. But we can't include that on a charcuterie board, right, Brian? Because technically, no, you can. We're good. <laughs> we're, we're we're not going to be technical. No, no. And this is the but kind of stuff. Technically, it has to be meat and cheese to be charcuterie. No, the charcuterie is French, so we would need like pâtés and terrines and. You know, that kind of crazy stuff. So this is American-style meat and cheese tray, I guess. But if it's just cheese, it has a different name, right? I think so. I think so, but I don't know what it is. Okay. Let me Google that. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you on that. That's for the next podcast. Yep, yep. When uh, we have, like, homemade pate or something. For me, the winner is the beef right now. That is great. I like the, the black pepper on that. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's pretty smoky, pretty peppery. Me, I like the I, I do like the pancetta because it just has anything that sort of has such a contrast with what you expect to taste. Expect you know, other than just salty, kind of meaty, it's very oaky, woody. That's kind of nice, and it's hard, you, to to get that out of salting and and aging. Just some fresh cut meat is 
is is wonderful. Just like, just like I'm sure you know Corey King at Side Project can get, you know, some the the flavors that he gets out of what he has there. It's no surprise that this is the one I picked because I gravitate towards like smoking and grilling mm-hmm. meats, and I'm a big foodie yeah. guy. So, so speaking of that, I was gonna bring up and and my Tennessee roots, placed down in uh, Tennessee, uh, Alan Benton Benton's Bacon fame, um, which you kind of hit the I don't know the huh. the world with their with their bacon that that goes elsewhere everywhere. But he also makes known for country ham and also makes a country ham style prosciutto. Because he basically takes his and be given that country ham background and smokes it. I was down there one time and he was talking about how his again are, are just based on <coughs> the the pigs and acorns and how they and then he puts his and then smokes it on hickory and that kind of thing. So at some future podcast, I'll make sure we get some of that. Sounds amazing. And we we have to get some from Kenny's Cheese too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've we've hit that place up on a bike ride. Uh, we've turned this into an annual thing. We go down to uh, Brian's neck of the woods go for a couple bike rides but one of the 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 spots on a on the bike ride is this cheese um artisanal cheese place in the middle of uh kentucky and it, the great stuff and you, you know you get a get like a group of six or seven guys in bike shorts that show up to a uh, <laughs> a, a cheese factory and they kind of look at you and it's like can we see the cheese cave please not in your spandex no. sir we have not been allowed in the cheese gate. <laughs> but yet somehow if you show up at a brewery looking like that, it's totally accepted and it's okay. you kind of fit in. Kenny, if you're listening, we would like to go to the cheese gate. Yeah. yeah. So First time we were in Minneapolis, we went to uh, Steel Toe Brewing, and they uh, influence people to bring their bikes in and whatnot. And I think over half the, half the place that day that probably only held maybe 30 or 40 people was uh, in full uh, biker gear. We're like, all right, this is a brewery thing. Gotta be cyclist gear, right? Yeah, cyclist yeah, not gear. Biker. My mistake. That that would be like cha- leather chaps and uh, Harley's. <laughs> We're talking about like grown men in spandex. So it's a whole different experience. Well, I guess I don't need this dinner tonight. Stuff. This is great. <laughs> and I think that Marco is gracious enough to to bring the side project beer. This is an amazing uh, sampler. We were sipping earlier on a uh, friend of mine who lives in St. Louis who is definitely a fanboy of Side Project, who brews his own. Um, he's kind of the eternal hobbyist, but he brewed a Cezanne at home, an American-style Cezanne, and it is nice and clean and has gone well with everything that we've had, too. Well done. So shout-out to Mark. I know he'll listen. Yeah, I've still got a little bit left. Well done. I'm going to ask a question. I don't know if you guys know the answer, but doesn't uh, the guys up in Hills Farmstead have a Cezanne that they add honey to as well? Anna. Okay. Yes, it's also excellent. So good brewers and saisons and Hannah, a Larouche side by side with an Anna. There stays the Hill Farmstead saison definitely has a little bit more of that barnyard hay saison yeah. style and maybe a little less tartness than this one, but uh, nothing that's wrong. With, nothing. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not necessarily a bad thing either, but uh, I think you'd definitely be able to set them side by side and pull them apart pretty pretty easily. So are there, you know, we talked a little bit about. If you construct a good board, like for your holidays, to impress everybody, say like Easter's coming up, you got cheese, you want to put some crackers, you want jam, honey, um, you know the meats, anything else that you would want to add, something pickled, and uh, and some some seasonal, you know, fresh fruit would be good too. And charcuterie, generally speak, generally speaking, in my opinion, is is quite underrated. You know, you put that on I a agree. list for uh, for a little dish, side dish, or whatever to bring to a party, and 
people are kind of like, uh, but if you do it right or whatever, yeah. that's one of the first things that'll get eaten, yep. eaten up right away. I don't know if it's quite proper, but I always like to put uh, maybe some, some nuts out there, like some almonds yep. or something like that. Yep. Does that keep it as charcuterie if there's almonds on there? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. It's okay. good, though. And, um, I agree with Ryan. It's good. So. I think like, anytime you add, like, I like a, you know, like the jams. Mm-hmm. And then I also like the, we also have a, a spicy yeah. uh, beer mustard here, yeah. I think. Oh, gosh, I that Thai that, chili aioli is. So I like oh having gosh. something like that. Just That's got, my jam. Like, all these different. I love that stuff. These flavor blasts yeah. that you can kind of go from one to the other. So I think all of that combined really makes for an interesting spread, like at a at a get together. One of the local uh, restaurants here does a good meat and cheese plate, and one of my favorite things on theirs at Hearth is the smoked grapes. Mm. Ah, I didn't know they did. I didn't know they did that. When you get their okay. when you get their appetizer next time, their meat and cheese appetizer, they have smoked grapes on there. I think it's almost one of the best compliments to everything else they have on oh. there. Have you tried those at home yet? Oh, that would be that's all right. So, you know, when you have challenge. a challenge, challenge accepted, challenge accepted. We're all thinking the same thing right there. Yeah. Or you can, you know, it's like you can smoke anything. And because I'm a visual guy, and uh, I think also presentation of the board is huge. So, um, having the, you know, just like we have the proper glassware, and we're pretty nerdy about that. I think having the right uh, serving tools and cutting like a, a knife for each cheese so that you don't mix the cheeses and you know just to be just to be proper and official um i think also um some garnishes the well that might sound a little weird that i'm talking about garnishes but i know my wife she'll put like a rosemary or something out there yep. it just kind of colors it up a little bit yep. yeah and it smells good like even just the aromatics of that on your plate you go down there and you you're cutting a piece of cheese, or you're grabbing a piece of cheese, and you smell that rosemary. It just kind of adds all to the, you know, just han- enhances everything. And you could get a lot of this type of stuff at uh, the local place that just opened up, Tannins and Hops, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, they have one. A lot of a lot of good cured meat, yep. unique cheeses, and and some of that sort. I mean, I'm sure I saw Brian when you were putting everything out. You got most of the stuff at the local grocery store, which is right. ba- based out of Iowa. Right. So, which is no wonder they get this La Quercia um, meats in there. Like, you can go to the hy They've got a cheesemonger right. there. And they've got – you can slice the own La Quercia stuff. Yep. And they have the prepackaged stuff, too. Yeah. So, it's, it's so easy, at least here locally – to put together an incredible board. Yeah, we're lucky in that in that respect. And as well as this is pairing with this beer that we have from Side Project, I'm a huge wine guy as well. And let's face it, there's not many things better than wine and cheese. Yeah. So oh, yeah. That's a nice thing. I will argue except champagne and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> but I, anything, anything that can bring my hobbies into like also that my wife will enjoy as well is yeah. a huge champagne bonus. and cheese trumps wine and cheese yeah i like champagne whoa yeah. you know what you know what that lo- you know also that will garner points with your wife yeah exactly <laughs> i understand so, so if if you know i i i don't presume that uh most most of which we talk talk about is pretty much man hobbies and and man obsessions but uh, we're always going to try to help everybody find a way to include your significant other in this and enhance Absolutely. their experience. And so this kind of stuff is perfect for pairing with wines, champagnes, etc. Mm-hmm. 
So how much of this LaRouche? Oh, there is not much left. That's okay. Anybody need more? No, I'll take another shot. Yeah, yeah. Because we'll we'll have to any any like any other tips or points here on our charcuterie that uh, we can kind of go over. No, I, I think we've done well. You know, as I was saying, it's kind of it was a beginner. You know, first shot at a charcuterie plate. Uh, you could you could kind of go and it, as I looked at this, kind of go a little bit more nuts with some some different. Uh, some different uh, cuts, um, lomo, and some of the things more from different places of the of the pig. I would like to try as well as um, uh, you know pates and, and terrines and things of that nature that we can't get here in Peoria as easily. Uh, would be something that that would be interesting that I want to I want to give a shot, you know, at some point in the future. Well, gosh, I feel a- like as well as making you know making my own you know bacon and something of that. Have you done that yet? I have not. I will at some point this uh, this spring. That is, I'm 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 very. When you do that, it's time for you to come back, um, and we'll we'll taste test some of your your homemade bacon. All right, so we're going to kind of switch gears back to um, beer, basically. So one of the newest crazes styles, of course, I think this is all on a spectrum of IPAs now. You know, you used to have the, the 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 standard IPA ESB kind of bitter beer, and it's progressed to West Coast, East Coast style, Midwest style, and then into the hazy IPA. And now, apparently, hazy IPAs aren't enough, <laughs> and we're now starting to continue to add more adjuncts to but IPAs. Isn't so, that what's great about craft beer? It's just it's always pushing for the next thing. I I think so. I mean, um, you can kind of look back and say. Let's not ignore what a normal good bitter IPA tastes like, but the new things that come out are just very sweetie, very sweet, uh, very fruity. But this is just kind of fun. Um, but these are the milkshake style IPAs, and I think Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. Tired Hands was one of the first breweries to sort of make uh, have this um, moniker of milkshake ipa yeah omnipolo in sweden really was the one that really kind of kicked it off um i don't know not not too long ago but probably a few years ago and then uh tired hands they've done some collaborations with omnipolo and they were really the ones that kind of kick-started it in the u.s and they uh you know once they released i don't know what their first one was but it was maybe the strawberry or pineapple or peach or something but once they released a couple of those this this style just boomed and so uh you know if you look up the top milkshake style or fruited IPAs is the other term that people are using. Tired Hands, uh, I looked up one ranking, and there was like the top 20 in the U.S. as far as ratings go, and, and Tired Hands had, I think, 14 of them. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's... So, uh, what, what makes a, a milkshake IPA? Is it the, the lactose sugars in it, or...? Yeah, it's a, it's a combination. It's nothing too complicated relative to the... Uh, you know, it's it's kind of taken on a little bit of like a variant to the hazy IPA, but uh, it's it's really it's it's brewed with uh, yeah that lactose sh- lac- uh, lactose sugar um, or milk sugar, um, probably a little bit more of the oats, um, just to really give that thicker, creamier mouthfeel. Mouth where feel. you know your hazy IPA is already doing that a little bit to some extent. Yep. Um, and then. Uh, so they do that, and then a lot of them, for the most part, will um, basically do it similar to uh, how a sour is produced, is where it's fermented on fruit. So it's, you know, 
whether it's, uh, you know, vanilla has been a common one that a lot of breweries have taken up. Um, but uh, a lot of them are, yeah, doing different kind of berries and, and fruits and things like that. So uh, Tired Hands kind of kicked it off a couple of years ago. It, I, it really was maybe two or three years ago when these things got, got started. Ago. It's been quick. Uh, I read t- today that uh, the, the fruited IPA grew from 2016 to 2017, uh, 250% in sales. Wow. Jeez. Um, and it makes up 8% of the overall IPA sales market, not just the hazy IPA. So it's a, it's a hot thing right now. Um, we've got a couple to try here wow. today. Yeah. But uh, this thing, I got my nose in this. Sweet. It's a, it's I think the hot bomb. You know, tired hands, if, if there's a way you can get tired <laughs> hands, they're really the ones that are doing it the best. Um, I don't think anyone else has, has gotten quite to their level yet. Weldworks out in uh, Greeley, Colorado, or yep. another one that uh, they've Juicy got bits. The, well, they've got the Bit series is like their hazy IPA, but then uh, the fruity bits is <laughs> their is their fruity fruited bits. fruited uh, fruited IPA or milkshake IPA. So they've uh, they've done a pina colada fruity bits, uh, a mango fruity bits, and even a peaches and cream fruity bits. So I mean, <laughs> these things are getting really creative. They're fun. Wow. Um, they're interesting. They're really flavorful. So we've got a couple from Tired Hands today, and then um, our southern our southern guest brought us something from uh, Nashville um, from Bearded Iris. Yep. Uh, so we've got a, a couple good awesome. combination of things, and I don't know. There's not a ton more to, to talk about as this, far as uh, how they go, but uh, just real quick, this this beer is weighing in at 7.2 ABV, um, and is uh, basically done with mosaic nice. and citra hops. And that thing, you put your nose in that, it, it just explodes citrus. I mean. I don't think the listeners know what we're drinking, yeah, do they? That, no, oh, yeah, that. I'm sorry. We're drinking the... Oh, I thought we talked about that already. <laughs> well, we're drinking the Tired Hands and Omnipollo Pineapple Milkshake IPA. Um, it's a it's it's a single IPA. You said it clocks in at what, Mark? 7.2. 7.2. So for any of you that <coughs> are in the area of Pennsylvania, this is Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Uh, I don't know how far this is out from Philly. I think it's not too far. It's a little bit north of Philly, kind of in between Philly as you get into Jersey, because I know people from New Jersey and New York City that it's not too far of a drive and and go to the tire hands releases. All you got to do is put your lawn chair out for their can releases. That's right. right. Yeah. (laughs) So don't sell it short. There's also another brewery that uh, takes some effort into their food. Highly recommend. Good restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been there, Brian. They've got the ferment, Fermenteria, if that's pronounced yep. correct. Yeah, which is uh, a smaller place, and they've got a larger place with kind of a larger restaurant and yeah. excellent food. I think we, we talked about them a couple uh, podcasts ago where, yeah, they've been one that's really taken up the different styles. They've done sours and saisons and your hazy IPAs. They've done barrel-aged stouts. They've really taken up all the styles and, and uh, you know, included a really good food scene in it as well. So. Yeah, and, they're, and, and they do a lot of collaborations too. Like you've seen them hang out with – uh, Henry Nguyen from uh, Monkish a lot. I think they're very good friends with them, so they do they've, a lot of collaborations. They've done a collaboration with Trillium. They've done a collaboration with, I think, Foam out of Burlington, Vermont. And, and, and just so everyone's aware, a collaboration means they get together, drink a lot, and brew something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly what it sounds. I love yeah. collabs. <laughs> yeah, I love Very collabs. appealing. If, if I could do a collab with one of those guys, uh, please invite me. And the crazy thing about these, it's it still tastes like an IPA. You've got a little bit of bitterness. You've got plenty of that dry hopping citrus, tropical flavors, but then you do have like that straight pineapple sure. on top Th- of this. This, this is uh, conditioned on pineapple. Yeah. So it's, that's it's yeah. It's so obviously, like I said, you've got the the mosaic and the citra hops, but then that pineapple comes through because they it 
ferments it, on the fruit. It's right. crazy. It's this is great. And the lactose um, specifically, we kind of already talked about how um, lactose is milk sugar, but it's a non-fermentable sugar. So the yeast are going to sort of bypass uh, the lactose because it's a too com it's too complex of a sugar. And like I've mentioned before, yeast are very they're very simple organisms. They want to <laughs> like find the easiest way to eat what they need to and if it looks too complex they're just going to bypass it and so this is one of those sugars and then it's got the sweetness to it that the milk sugar acts so that's where you get this milkshake ipa sort of um, moniker is is, so is from that. that and you get the novelty out of it yep exactly exactly and i usually don't like you know things that are too sweet so that's why this this is actually good it's not you know usually when i hear sometimes i'm concerned about things with lactose in them i'm not gonna like it because of the sweetness but this is good well yeah. and some people think when they think of fruited ipa or this style they think of like uh they, you know with kind of like juice added yeah. you know because right. uh ballast point started a few years ago where they start adding like grapefruit grapefruit juice to their sculpin and that really took off i think that even outsells the sculpin now in some markets but uh I don't know. To me, when you taste that, you can get the. It just tastes kind of like almost like a grapefruit juice. Where here, yeah. you still have that base IPA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of the backbone of it is still that that really really good dry hopped IPA beer. Yeah, and I think I think Ballast Point kind of had a whole different um, direction when they did, you know, the Sculpin variants and everything that they do. I remember going out to their brewery. It's like they did everything with a little bit of an additive it's like okay they have their base stout or they their base ipa and they'll add this that or the other they had a like a, like they did a, a thai chili or a chili lime they did a habanero sculpting as well which you know if you like Ooh. hot beer spice it beers had to it. it had it had some good heat how, to it. how many of those you drinking at once um, half, half of one <laughs> okay like, if, yeah, if that i mean i like hot things but that was right. just like yeah. it, it had some heat on it yeah yeah there was this old Indian. There was this old Indian restaurant in Omaha I used to go to. It uh, they they brewed a couple of their own beers and they had a jalapeno like pale ale and they actually like floated a jalapeno slice in the glass when they served it to you. And so you'd drink this thing and that jalapeno slice would just kind of like it just kind of touch your <laughs> touch your lip every once in a while as you drank it and pretty soon you're like. Might get seeds with it a little seeds bit later with, on. Yeah, that and then you're eating the Indian food in in conjunction with it. And you're like you're sweating. And everyone's like, what is wrong with that guy? <laughs> this is great. I, we I had a jalapeno IPA from, what was it that was the Dan a, brought us? It was us. a ghost pepper from uh, Noon Whistle. Noon Whistle did that it. Was that subtle. was subtle. That, that was, was really was, subtle and really nice. I was scared when I heard ghost pepper <laughs> because ghost peppers are really, really hot. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be torture. I to took drink that to thing. an Olympic party and uh, – <laughs> I with, it was with some guys that really enjoy uh, a good IPA, and I pop that, and everyone's like, "I'm not trying a, a beer <laughs> right, with a ghost right. pepper." But, but, it, uh, but it, it didn't. No, it worked well. It worked really well, and I gave it. I passed it out to to those guys later on, and everyone was like, "Yeah, this isn't." You know, they want to see me try it right. first and yeah. see if I start sweating or it, had to leave the yeah, room it did, or whatever. It did not smack you in the face. No, definitely Spicy. not. All right, so we're gonna. That was called like gummy ghost ooh, or ooh. something. We're gonna we're gonna go on to the next milkshake. This is again Tired Hands, the extra vanilla double milkshake IPA. Again, Omnipoyo, which apparently was the pioneer of the milkshake with Tired Hands with the uh, collaboration. And for our listeners, they are from where? Sweden, is that right? Sweden. Omnipoyo is Swedish. I don't know what city okay. they're from, but. 
assume the south side because outside of there, where are you going to get your, you know, if you go anywhere more than like the upper two thirds, how are you going to get your grains, hops, and all that? But I don't know. I've never, I've never know. traveled to Europe. I've never been to Sweden. What's, what's this next one? This, this is the extra, extra vanilla, extra double, extra vanilla, double, yeah, whatever. It's got vanilla. And the other, the other crazy thing about these is, I mean, it just looks like a hazy IPA. There's no. I mean, I guess, I mean, vanilla, you're not going to get a ton of color, and pineapple's probably yeah. similarly colored, but it's really not changing a lot of the, the look of it and all of that. It's uh, Wait till we open this next one. Well, it's got a really, really <laughs> light, really light color I, to it. I take it. it you've had the next one, so maybe yeah, it's yeah. pink. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had the strawberry uh, milkshake from Tired Hands, and it maybe had a hint of a red color to it, but for the most part, it was still pretty light, and I just think it's it's kind of a... A fascinating style. I, w- um, I would assume that instead of doing vanilla beans, they do vanilla extract or something. It's mm-hmm. vanilla beans. They, wow. They condition it on top of uh, Madagascar. 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 Yeah. Gosh, who is who is you know who is able to afford all this Madagascar vanilla bean? Because Big it breweries. is there's a there's a there's <laughs> there's a shortage of yeah. it. And me as a home brewer for the last batch that I did, I really wanted Madagascar vanilla beans, and you can't buy it. Just like I can't buy. Nelson hops, which I really want to use Nelson hops. It's hard to get, and if I do, it's it's exorbitantly expensive. Well, you can go to a local grocery store out here and get a vanilla bean for like ah, vanilla bean. eleven bucks. You need pounds of it, twelve though. bucks, and I don't know how many ounces of be- you know what one vanilla bean gets you. Maybe yeah. <laughs> probably half of a beer. Maybe it's not going to maybe twelve ounces. So if you're making five. even a five gallon batch, what do you need? Probably. 15 vanilla beans, so then that takes your $100 of ingredients up to 350 real quick. So what are, I'm curious, what other hops are, are hard to get right now? I thought it was Citra there for a little while, that now we switched to Nelson. Is it Nelson? Is it? I think Citra's always been fairly easy to get a hold of. Nelson? There was a time when uh, when Three Floyds had their own little market on the, like a citrus strand yeah. that was really hard to get, and people were trying to replicate that, and it was a little bit hard to get, but for the most part, it's really as as these have blown up. It's there, there was another one from South like Africa. They got purchased up by the big boys. The, yeah, um, Rawuka or Rawak, Rawaka or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that was a that was a big. I was, Hill Farmstead did one with that hop, and it was really earthy and yep, almost like dirty <laughs> in a good way. But yeah. uh, that one was really hard to get. And I was curious about this beer, so I looked it up. Um, it's real heavy on the citron mosaic hops, and it. They did condition it. Uh, they conditioned it twice, which uh, makes the double of the uh, the Madagascar beans and a, and a luscious malts and lactose sugar. So luscious, luscious, luscious. And I don't get a ton of vanilla. I don't know about you guys. It's not, not a ton. You know, it's this not, is really yeah. pale. That's like because, look at the that's color. That's because those beans are hard to find. They only used a couple. This is very pale. I mean, I think the. You know what it reminds me of? If I didn't know better, a lot of monkish. IPAs kind of have that yep. color to it. They tend to be a lighter color like than a, a lot of like other a lemony yellow. Lemon that's versus perfect. like yeah, versus lemony like yellow. stuff coming out of treehouse has more of a orangey yeah. orangey yellow, like a citrusy yep. yellow. So if I didn't know better, I mean, I would think that was a monkish. You're just beer. saying that because it's in a monkish. Uh, and he's wearing a monkish shirt, and he's drinking out of a monkish glass. Well, so are you. He really wanted to reference them tonight. <laughs> the only person not in a beer shirt tonight is Brian. And he knows. He knows. He better. was here for the meat and cheese. <laughs> He doesn't have a La Quercia, you know, T-shirt. That would actually be cool. Yet. <laughs> Yet. 
should have worn your apron with a cow or yeah, a hog yeah, on it. There was a. <laughs> we were talking smoke about smoke and cure meat in this apron. <laughs> I hate kale. <laughs> I do think you're starting to see more places pop up that are offering this as almost like a restaurant, like a destination restaurant, and it's it's all revolving around the meats and cheeses. It's not it's not your typical steakhouse or anything like that. When we were in Portland, there was a great place, very popular. I believe it was called Olympia Meats. Don't hold me to that. But uh, the whole restaurant was nothing but cured meats and cheeses, and it was just uh, kind of a wine bar and everything, too. They just kind of paired everything together for you. But obviously, it's uh, it's something that's growing, and people are wanting to expand to that next thing. Yeah, I give a shout-out to a place in St. Pete, Florida, called Room 901, actually owned by uh, the Cycle Brewers' parents. Cool. Um same exact thing. They they, own, they open a place and it's it's yeah it's charcuterie plus you know a couple of uh, you know they they somehow get some good you know cycle or it's orange belt um, to have some of the the other stuff. Uh, same same exact thing. They did a phenomenal job with the interior and then um, yeah Mark I'll have to take a picture when I'm down there in a couple of weeks. But the way they design every like I think, he he brought out the maybe plate written, and it was amazing. I think the last time you were there you sent me a photo yeah. and like of the. Yeah. The bar and everything. Mm-hmm. It was it was very yeah. It was cool. Is that part of Peg's Cantina? Uh, it was the same family, but they they closed um, or, or close slash sold Peg's, and then they were out of the business, and they decided they wanted you know to keep doing it. Um, so then they opened this uh, yeah room nine hundred one that just focuses on on whiskey, um, you know, some good beers, champagne, and charcuterie. So cycles not uh, connected to a restaurant or anything anymore. No, no. As far as I know, no. Okay. I think I think that's a that's a big trend now. You know, everyone wants to offer more than just a tap room and a. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, we we can do good beer, but we can also do really good food. And consumers like us are looking for an experience like that. You know, our wives are looking for an experience like that. Our friends are looking for an exp- our parents. To to ex- expand on that even more, I've seen a lot of places that are actually becoming more kid friendly. Why? Because yes, our our demographic, our age group, we all have kids. And so if you want us to, to come, yeah, you know, millennials are going for the liquor. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> this is the good stuff. <laughs> Just the last thought on this one beer. Uh, it's, uh, this weighs in a little bit heavier, uh, weighs in at 9.2. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. 9.2 ABV. I, that surprised me. Oh, that's, uh, that's smoking hot. Well, you know, it's really a good have, thing we, we split. Well, I was gonna say, it's a good thing we split one can between four people because yeah. we. This, this is very drinkable. If you're telling me this, <laughs> this is yeah. a fam. This is a family podcast, right? That's right. We want you to listen to this in the minivan <laughs> when your kids are in the back, like I do, taking them to school. Listen to your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's clean. We're a prepping w- yourself for the the evening sh- after work. Uh, milkshake IPA <laughs> or, or charcuterie yeah. board. If you, if you need to go to your school gala <laughs> and you need to turn something on, go ahead. Mark, you listen to these coaching uh, your son's basketball team, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's one in one ear. All right. So the fingers yelling at the ref out yeah. the other. <laughs> so should we, should we open up the – Yeah, so this is uh, – Go this ahead, is, Brian. I say you guys have extra glasses too, so. This is Mood Ring from Bearded Irish in Nashville, Tennessee. This is one of their anniversary releases. This is with raspberries. And so as soon as Ryan said, if Ooh. you notice these colors don't change. Man, I knew Ooh. I spoke too soon. <laughs> yeah. Look what comes out looking 
look at looking like a raspberry. I love the beers coming out of of Nashville, Bearded Iris. Yeah, there are they are on an upward trajectory. And it's good that we have Brian here and Brian's friend Spartan. Shout out to Spartan. Hopefully you're listening. And the cool thing is they're they're doing a lot of different styles. I've had their they're not afraid. I've, I've had their their hazy IPAs. I've had their stouts. Uh, this is my first uh, quote unquote milkshake IPA from them, so I'm excited about this. But uh, like I said, I think it's great when a a brewery kind of expands what they're doing and they don't try to just do one thing. Mood ring. All right. So this is you said raspberries. Raspberries. You look at this. You look at this one up. Yeah, Far out vanilla lactose. Vanilla too. Yeah. Eight point five percent alcohol. Um, gosh. Cultivate variety. I assume that's like a series they do, that's or what, yeah. okay, well, yeah. kind of maybe a one off. Or uh, oh, yeah. wow, that is good. And I'll be I'm in Nashville like, in uh, eight weeks. Oh, really? You better go so there. So I will be uh, reporting back on how they are, and I assume they're kind of – they're right in the city, right? Yeah. Yeah, easy to get to. You want to go to those guys, and then Southern Grist would the, be the other and one then, you want to hit. And then, and then what about our buddies that used to – that made the uh, smoked porter? Uh, and then Yazoo, used yeah. To bring. Yazoo, yeah. Yazoo, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yazoo, yeah. Sioux. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. And so they're doing good stuff with their uh, their, their sours as well. I love. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I love when breweries are going in all directions. Like you consider, and and I love Monkish. Don't get me wrong, but Monkish really has sort of found their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. It is IPAs and sours. You know, yes, their stouts are okay and they're good, but their sours are way underrated and really good. Their yeah. sours are probably better really, than their IPAs. Really good. And I consider them. I think I've only had two. And in, in, in I've said this before, and everyone kind of talks about how Monkish has their own style of IPA. It's They call it the Monkish-style IPA. But they're mm. sours, and I had to grab one of these um, you know, from a, from a trade friend out there. Uh, it was called Spectacles, only because of my profession. And I was like, I have to have that. It is a other half collab that they did with Guava. So sometime we're going to have to pop that, too. There it is. They use the Whale Slayer. This whale Slayer has been used on... Uh, it, it Our cut, next one that we'll talk about in a few minutes, it, but uh, it cut through that wax like butter. Yes, like butter. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, this is straight up raspberries and vanilla on this one. Yeah, right? yeah, it's like having a, a raspberry um, Sunday at Dairy Queen. Another brewery that maybe we all know for a stout that we love, and you, you guys know I love these guys, so I'm always going to reference them. This great notion. Yep. But actually, oh, you like them? Yeah, <laughs> weird, huh? Well, but I think that's because Mark looks like a lumberjack. <laughs> he looks like the guy. That is true. On the logo. Sorry. Did you guys know a couple of years ago at the Oktoberfest, I actually won the log song competition? I'm not surprised. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. Did you dress like the Great Notion guy? Or you didn't have to. You just were. I, I just am. You know? <laughs> but just their slogan, I, I didn't know this. Um, their slogan is. A passion for hops with the patience for sours. I like that. That's pretty cool. I like that. Well, this is uh, quite different from the other <laughs> two. Is, yeah. Uh, just in more of a so different way, not in a bad forward, way, but yeah. it's definitely fruit forward. It's got a little bit of tartness, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, this proves my color comment wrong because it's uh, like so a like up. a ruby red. Yeah. Um, 
still very nice looking. And, and actually, this almost kind of goes to what, Evan, what you're talking about with the answer beer that you had recently, where it's like fruits and creamy. And I mean, yeah. this really gets a little bit closer to that popsicle type of description you gave. Yeah, yeah that's probably um, the most fruit um, fruited forward beer that we've had tonight. Mm-hmm. Was now, the mood I room. would probably give the mouthfeel nod to tired hands. Yeah, yes. I would agree. Uh, but yeah, very fruit. But the gorgeous. fruited, like, the fruited hand yeah. too, bearded iris. But it, and my my buddy Spartan is a big raspberry. You know, everyone has their you know, fruit. I, I jump, yeah, everyone has their fruit, and his is so I understand his is raspberries, and so it right. makes sense if you like raspberries. You're I gonna love raspberries. Okay, so Mark, what's your favorite fruit to go in a beer? Wow, um, I'm probably gonna have to go with. Uh, put me on the spot here. I'm going to go with peaches. Raspberries, but apricot is mm-hmm. coming in hot really in a close second and maybe getting there to first. Not even a close second. It's apricots. Nectarines. Yeah, stone nice. fruits. Stone fruits. Stone yeah. fruits do something for me, but I think still first for me is raspberry. Yep. Like the raspberry from uh, Chester King. The uh, Atrial. Yeah. I, and then atrial rubicide is probably the first, like, Really good red. fruited sour beer that I had, and maybe that's what kind of kicked it off. Yeah. I think Crooked Stave's got a good, good, you know, raspberry. Crooked lemon. Stave does some really good oak aged yeah. fruited beers as yeah. well, and they're kind of and they've been doing it for a while. They've been doing yeah. it for a long time. They're a little and more you can find under them on the, the shelf. radar. Yeah. You can find them on the shelf. This actually Not reminds quite me. in no. Illinois yet, but no. uh, close. I mean, some you of can their find stuff. them in Texas and I think Kenny? Iowa. I think in Iowa. Iowa. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's Crooked right. Stave. Oh, yeah, I I I go to the. I've done like our Christmas trades, you know, with uh, with friends, and usually if I want to get a good fruited sour that I know is gonna, I be, I'll be able to find. I go to um, when I visit my in laws in Iowa City. I think I, I grab I, I grab the I crooked found them in Kansas City as well. I have family down there. I think you can find them down in the Kansas Missouri area as well. Kansas City is a weird enigma. Like they have Boulevard and not, and they're a big city. Yeah. I, I, like where did they go wrong? In cultivating a great beer, they focus too much on barbecue. Maybe <laughs> that's well, not a bad we, thing. It's not a bad thing, but I mean, Boulevard's great, but and the Royals. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, you got me thinking. Yeah, that, they are kind of an enigma. And you know, five years ago, before that is a big all these city. craft big breweries city. were popping up left and right, I would, I would, I think Kansas City was considered like a beer city because oh, of Boulevard, goodness. right? You know, right. like one of the really premier major craft brewers that hit the craft breweries that hit the market, you know, in the late 2000s or whatever. There's got to be others popping up. It, it I'm sure they have some really small local ones like, a, you know, like a bearded iris that maybe people out west don't really know a lot about. Yep. Some more things like that. But eh. Not hitting the radar. I mean, when you're when you're when we're thinking about our beer cations, when we do beer cations V2 and don't go you know, to Kansas pods, City, Kansas City. <laughs> Probably isn't on the radar yet when for a lot of people. Barbecue, but go to St. Louis, yeah. and then if you want to... Southern Illinois, St. Louis, yeah. Vermont, any part of California, Oregon. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. Kansas City's, for what I think what people say is a really great city, is not there it's, yet. It's a great city. There's it's a, a lot pro- going on, but maybe just... you know, Prove us wrong, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we we didn't want to bring the hate train out on uh, <laughs> no no City. no yeah I've I've got family that lives down there I got, I've got friends, friends that, that live, live there, there and they keep telling us to visit and we probably will one of these summers and, and like, I'd love to go see a Royals game and and yeah and and barbecue and all that Heck stuff yeah. is you you won't go wrong you want to see some crazy dedicated fans that stadium for an outdoor stadium is one of the loudest stadiums for football 
the Arrowhead football, those fans are. And they come for baseball, too. Insane. Yeah, they do. Big and time. That's, that's kind of one of those um, baseball stadiums that's like the newer era stadium. It's very, like, wide open. But it's a really – Kauffman Stadium's a beautiful, like, new age kind of stadium. And I love the atmosphere there. And it's very different. Like, if you go to – like, they play the Red Sox all the time. Fenway is a different experience. And Kauffman has its own, like, Midwest experience. It's really sure. good. So we we digress, but Ryan has brought a like kind of a I don't I, I don't know how to describe it. You you wanted to surprise us. It's like a blind. I don't know if I can describe it. That's the uh, that'll be the fun part of this right, session okay. we got here. Um, has everyone rinsed their larger glasses? Because it's a bomber. Did I rinse my larger glass with more beer? Sure. You probably did. No, I didn't. All right, so I've got. A little bit of extra water there. Um, yeah, so we're going to do this next one blind. Um, I know the name of the beer, and uh, at one point in time, I did look up the details. It's been one that I've kind of been seeking out, and a friend of mine got two recently, and he knew I was kind of looking for it and sent me a text last week and said, hey, I'll ship you one if you're still uh, interested in it, and I figured we could do this blind, and maybe these guys can – pick out the the details of the style and the beer and and then we'll talk about the end and kind of give some uh so credentials to it so everyone hand their glass so, to ryan so hand glasses to me and i will hand charcuterie to the rest of us so we can at least not just sit here with our eyes closed <laughs> there we go one thing uh get us some just even pours while, i promise while we're transitioning here uh you just mentioned you talked about earlier with the jester king with the uh atrial how that was one of the uh, the first beers of that style that really got you into it. And that just kind of jogged my memory. That's something that maybe for a future podcast we want to do uh, is talk about what beers influenced us early on that really um, kind of changed our, our thought process on beer. Like how did we transition from maybe mainstream beers to the craft beers? So I think that'd be a very interesting topic. Uh, I'd be interested to see actually what everybody would say because when I when I think, you know, when I when I think about what first started for me, there's certain ones that come to mind. So Absolutely, that'd be a great conversation to have. Like I can think, I'm not gonna. Yeah, go well, ahead. Yeah, not, off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? So it was kind of cool back in. Uh, this is I'm not gonna age myself, but I went to a bar and I was like, ah, just tell me what you want, you, you know. And this was. I'm going to age myself back in the like, outs. like, yeah, the 2000 or something like that. I was like, what should I drink? And it was, it was Highland Gaelic ale from uh, oh, Highland and Highland Gaelic ale. Yeah. Wow. From North Carolina. This Asheville. is way back in the day. Highland. Um, and so that was my first, like okay. this guy tells me, Hey, here you go. And, and I loved it. And so there you obviously grow, you know, from there, but mm -hmm. if you're talking about this is 2001 or 2002 or something like that, you get that. You just dated yourself. I, I did. And then... Uh, you had Highland Gaelic Ale in 2001? Or something crazy like that. Yeah, I didn't 2003, know they were around back then. Yeah, they started in 1994. So, yeah. yeah. They were one of the first in yeah. the Asheville wow. area. And then here in Peoria, actually had... Uh, That's a heck of a beer for 2001, where you think of how right, much... Where they are, yeah. How much craziness co has come from craft beer since yeah. then. I mean, that was really way yeah. ahead of its time. Yep. And then... It's uh, impressive. And then the... the, the 
lifelong Cezanne love was Cezanne Dupont. Nice shot from that. Yep. From uh, and it was actually here in Peoria. You brought probably. one here to us at one point. I don't know where you I, got I, it. Yep. I love. I mean, you get obviously it's it's that hay, you know, wet hay kind of type of Cezanne that I still I should drink that at least once every three months. But yeah. yeah. I did those two at being the time. I don't think you could get that in Illinois, but I think we can now. Yeah. It's oh yeah. 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 But that so was probably close to maybe five years first, ago. Yeah. Or if not more than that. that together. Yeah. yeah. So quick name your like, this was my first Hop slam. Hop slam. Nice. And the reason it, I, I got into that was because I was really just a kind of Sierra Nevada fanboy, and looking to try something different. One random Saturday in January, uh, 2011, and I saw a twenty three ninety nine six pack on the shelf, and uh, I figured, wow. you know what, I can splurge for a six pack, you know, this time. And if it's twenty four dollars for six beers, it's got to be crazy good, you know. I never, I don't bombers really didn't exist a whole lot then, and yeah, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, my my, I think my first craft beer love was Dogfish Head. I was out in Virginia, and I got introduced to the sort of 60-minute, 90-minute IPA craze, and that's I've always liked IPAs, and that just hooked me. And then I went to the brewery, and the um, – it's not the uh, – sorry, the, the brew house. They have the brewery and then the brew house, which is in Rehoboth Beach. Rehoboth Beach Tap Room, yep, and or, or brew pub or Yeah, br- the brew pub, it, yeah. and that's where they do all their, like, you know, 15-gallon, 20-gallon batch, like – experiments and i was just like they make their own like vodka there i think well yeah (laughs) now they have a distillery and it's just it just like blew my mind i was like this is why i i mean i started to drink good stuff you know outside of what i used to just drink in college and that was just it just blew my mind and then the rest is history mark how about you um for me probably one of the early ones that come to mind um it was from founders actually a dirty bastard it's a scotch oh yeah yeah I'd, I'd never had anything like that, and when I, I had that, it just kind of changed my mind that there is there's a whole world of beer out there that I want to experience. So it was much different than the uh, traditional beers that we all had. you know. At, that was ahead of its time, too, for sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now have let's – you guys had a sip? Let's – let's, let's, I'm, uh, no, I'm nosing it right now. Nose, smell, I get maple. Coffee. And coffee. It's, I mean, it's a, it's pretty much pitch black, pretty carbonated. I like the Decent kind of, lacing. like, it's like a cappuccino, um, espresso head, you know, that, that like, Definitely. it looks like a cup of coffee, yeah, like a bubbly a, tan, like a, a quarter inch of tan, uh, head on it. That's nice. Brian, I let it warm up a little bit too, while we were sitting here. So it's hopefully some more flavors are popping chocolate. And like I said, this is kind of blind to me too, because all I know is the name. I mean, I I really did not. I, I look like at the description. I really or, like uh, this. Yeah, Brian, what do you think? Chocolate, but there's other stuff in there, and I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure. That's what's fun. I'm getting like an I'm espresso getting, coffee. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting coffee and chocolate for sure. And I can, we can pull out thank, the details anytime. Thank, <laughs> thank God I had an espresso today, because this is just hitting the spot. <laughs> I just I love the color of the head. You know, if you swirl it around, it kind of goes from that really dark, dark like tan to that very light tan. 
I love getting that fresh shot of espresso. Fresh, like, yeah. Was that the picture you posted on Pints and Provisions Instagram page? Yeah, and if anybody is a crush, like if 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 this machine that we got in our house is a crush to anybody, it's my wife. She drinks these pods. Like yeah. We got an espresso. Oh. She drinks these things mm-hmm. way more than I do. And I'm a coffee freak too, but she's like, I get home and she's jittery. She's like, I think I had too much coffee today. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, me too, but yeah, maybe not that much. Two Nespresso pods at 8 a.m. and then yeah. two more at 3 p.m. It, it makes a it makes a damn good cup of coffee. Yeah, those yeah those machines are probably the best best in the business. This so, is really smooth. So I am I'm gonna go with chocolate and coffee, and that's it. I, I I'm kind of agreeing with you now. I thought there was more going on, but. I'm not picking up cinnamon. I'm not picking up. No. I'm not getting maple. Definitely Is there vanilla in there? Maybe. There I was thinking, or is it barrel Asians come from the barrel? There, there's something or like sweet. A lact, maybe it's a lactose sugar or something, yeah. but it's not that thick. I but don't, I don't get a lot of barrel. Is in there? That. I no. Here's the oak. Here's here's what I've 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 you could get. Is this rye barrel? Because rye I barrel. I can't answer that question because I. I I really okay. don't know many. So of the we'll details. find out. But I, I know a lot of rye barrels. Rye spice will mm. submit a lot of maple-ish flavor, and you can like mm. brewers are able to extract some maple flavor out of rye barrels and sort of chocolate malt. So I'm interested to find out if it's been like rye there's, barrel. There's there's something sweet in there that I I can't put my finger on. I don't know if it's a, a light hint of vanilla, and you're you're picking that up as maple maybe. Maybe. That's I what I like. Van- I would guess vanilla, but maybe. you know, if if you want to tell me I'm wrong, I don't give a, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I do not know, <laughs> but but <laughs> that's I, a promise. But but I think it's fun that like I can pick up this and you can pick up that, and that's what's ev- that's what's different about everyone's there's palates. No, there's no wrong answer. No, no, and I think like sometimes in craft beer, everyone can get this like notion that you have to taste this and you have to. Brian's smell cheating. This. He's looking at the bottle on the ground. Uh, no, 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 Brian. He's too busy eating charcuterie, which we're going to finish once this is all over. Mm. What do you think the ABV is? Um, eight. Eight to nine. Hang on. Oh, it's higher than that. Let me, let me try it again. It's not. I mean, there's not much booze. No. You know. So I would guess this would be like. I'm going to say 10. Just yeah. to be a little bit all higher. All right. So where are we at, Ryan? Tell us. I don't know. I'll Let's pull the bottle out. It's, it's I'll pull the bottle out. No, all it's right. time to tell it's us. Well, we need to come to a uh, table like. We've got to come to like a conclusion at the table before we look. At I the think bottom. we right. have. I All think right. we've felt that there's coffee. So we're yeah, definitely coffee. Okay, first-ish, ten percent. Is it barrel aged or not? We're gonna say eight to ten percent barrel aged. Everybody agreed with that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say non-barrel aged. I'm gonna say non-barrel aged with coffee, Chocolate. maple. I would vote for vanilla. Okay, but. I'm really in chocolate. I could okay. be way off. It's I'm, an eight to ten percent non-barrel aged. I might say that this is my favorite beer of the podcast. Okay, the Ooh. beer we have. The beer, sorry, aged. the beer we have is by Bent Paddle Brewing Company in Duluth, Minnesota, which is the end of the Great Lakes. It's yeah, it's pretty far north. Uh, it is barrel aged oak bourbon wow. barrel aged. Huh. It is a black ale, not a stout. Aged okay. in oak barrels with vanilla beans and coffee. Semantics. The beer is called Double Shot Double Black. Didn't didn't we have this at at Dan's? Mark, so. 
We had this at Dan's. Recently. It is eleven point two percent alcohol. Which, by the way, we always have to shout out to Dan. Uh, we missed so Dan. Say that again, because I would never peg this as a black IPA. What? No, it's not an IPA. It's not a black oh, IPA. It's a it black is? ale. Oh, okay. Which? What does that Evan, mean? I don't know. You. That's, You'd be the that's, one to ask. That's semantics. What's, a, what's the difference between a black ale and a that means it's dark and it's an ale. Semantics. You're like, know. you you talk. Okay, you want to call it an ale? Fine. It's not a. It's not a lager. Um, <laughs> black versus not black. Well, okay, it's got roasted dark malts. That like, it's very, very, very. There, there's a lot of semantics there. I I love this. This is great, and I feel like we had this with. Dan at his house, Mark. When you and I went, Ryan was not there. This was I quote, have never had. Can this. I get I a life, Can I get a lifeline to call Dan real life, quick? Life, life, No, well, he'll he'll tell it. Yeah, tell it. No, I, I ask should, him. You should call him right now. Which <laughs> says this robust version of our black ale features a smooth, chocolatey, semi-roasted malt profile with notes of oak and caramel from extended aging in bourbon barrels. This iteration of our double black ale features a quote double shot of both cold pressed coffee and whole bean vanilla. Nice. For an extra level of flavor complexity and is the perfect companion for a late night viewing of the Northern Lights or can accompany any natural wonder you may come across. Cheers. Nice. I think um, it's fantastic. I love I really, this. I, I really just looked this it. up. It was in the barrel for 15 months as well. Wow. I don't get a ton of barrel. That, which is that surprised me. Something which that is would good. be in the barrel that long, I feel like I get pick up more tons oak. of coffee. And maybe yeah. that's because yeah. this is the 2017 version, which came out, I think, in December. So maybe this one, it does uh, have a comment on here, um, something about aging. Some, it does say some things get better with age. So maybe the coffee would fade a little bit. You yeah. get a little more barrel, you know, as time passes. Maybe a little more vanilla. Is it time to start calling out barrels, first use, second use, third use in the beer world? At well, some cheers. point they will. Yeah. We're, we're not far from having, you know, a, uh, a bourbon barrel aged beer from previously used bourbon that was followed by a barrel-aged stout that was followed by right. aged in bourbon again yeah. that was followed by putting in a stout again. So, so you know, on that on that topic, you talk about first-use barrel, second-use barrel. Didn't Goose Island always do their barley, barley wine second-use from the OG from that year? I don't know if their regular barley wine is. I'm not for sure. The King Henry was um, aged in the barrels from OG Rare, which so King Henry came out in 2011, and that was aged in the barrels after they dumped out the 2010 Rare beer. So that was, yeah. you know, had a lot of lot so a lot of stout in it. So we have picture um, confirmation that Mark and I and Dan dang it. had this. No, no, but you <laughs> yeah. know what? I think at the point that we had that beer, it's at the end of the lineup. So So we had that actually almost. There's about 25 bottles on that lineup. My my my, uh, yeah, that was (laughs) an epic weekend. Uh, My date stamp is March 19th, so almost a year ago, like right now at this time, we had that. Nice, Dan. Dan will appreciate that. I'll bring that up. I'm gonna I'm gonna interview Dan later this week, and I'm just gonna talk to him about our. um, I remember seeing that picture. Yeah. I'm gonna talk Nothing to wrong with that. I'm gonna talk to Dan later this week. Uh, me and him are gonna talk about his experience at the Michigan Beer Festival uh, up in Grand Rapids. So for episode six. Well, I'm gonna call it episode five A. Five A. Five A. Just because like him and I are just gonna talk about his experience up there, and I want him to basically just tell us all about his 
uh, trip to uh, Grand Rapids at the uh, 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 Michigan Brewers Guild uh, Beer Fest. So, do well, we have? I mean, you guys have had this. I mean, this is. I this is probably better than I remember it. I, it's honest, nice. I, honestly, I mean, this in a, in a, coffee in a, flavor in this is in a crazy good. In a big night of big whatever beers coffee that we this had, is, I would love to have a cup of that every morning. Yeah, like this is really really good coffee. And this may be coming from the guy who also gave a, a coffee during Lent. But we're gonna yeah, have to have an intervention for Ryan. Brian, why did you do that to yourself? Every morning, coffee for right. the Lord. <laughs> for the record, I want this. Well, I do want this beer every morning, but that's not possible. Intervention. Coffee might be intervention. I need to go figure out where the coffee came from in Duluth, Minnesota. Do we do we need? Uh, is there one more that we need to do? Which I'm thinking there is. Waffle talk. Yeah, we could do that. Matt El Haddad, this is a fantastic beer, and uh, thank you for sending it to us. Uh, we appreciate wow. it. I mean, this is that's awesome. This is really enjoyable. It's a good beer. I need to do. I <laughs> probably before the end of the night, I'm going to do research on the difference between a black ale and a stout because I mean. Yeah, I'd like to know the If you guys see Ryan Abbott on Reddit at 1.30 in the morning, you'll know what he's doing. Yeah, well, that's why I call him Beer IQ. Like, um, Mark is our provisions guy. Ryan is Beer IQ. Brian is, uh, uh, we'll call him Southern Hospitality. Um, I'll just be what, I'll, I'll just encompass whatever. You know, you guys don't have to give me a nickname. Nerdy beer making guy. So this is Waffle Talk. You're the home brewer. <laughs> and uh, Bearded Iris made this. Uh, Brian brought this by way of Spartan. Yep. Um, the, the best part about the labeling, and I love labeling in craft beer these days because this looks like, and didn't they give, get into a little bit of a tuffle with Waffle House? Yeah, the, uh, the, the Facebook post the day it came out, the label did not look like this one. It looked a little different. I think that's because they got a call from Waffle House legal Ooh. which okay so if you're is waffle, that right yeah is that the rumor that is yeah awesome. i mean why would you change the label the day you release it so why would waffle house be upset that you're promoting a waffle house with a beer that is eulogizing not eulogizing but like inspired by inspired by waffle, waffle house, house. Like we're yeah. not making fun of Waffle House. All the great moments we've had at Waffle House. Yeah. Early in the morning. Do you have Waffle House at any other time of the day other than early in the morning? I mean, I'm I hope not. No, I'm talking like late night, early morning situation. But yeah, we got yeah, that mark. Right. No, I, <laughs> I think I, I didn't know if he was just stating the obvious, like <laughs> yeah, you go there for breakfast. <laughs> I think that's the best time to go to Waffle House is after hours. I think that's when they have their best staff. <laughs> Their best coffee and their best waffles. Never mind. So this is this is one of those things where I want to go to Waffle House with Brian sometime because I think that his perspective on Waffle House is far different than mine. Can we let the record show that uh, Mark and I have been splitting probably uh, six ounces, maybe five of beer after we get it from Evan and Brian? <laughs> So well, our, that's, our that's pours have been about two and a half to three ounces <laughs> because Evan and Brian have just been topping their glasses off every time. That's well, that's what happens when you are <laughs> like when you pour first and pour last. I get it. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Uh, yeah, let's cheers this up. Man, nice. This uh, so nice yeah, describe this lineup to tonight and, yeah. and some really good stuff. Describe for us, Mark. What is the well? 
Well, first off, I'm just swirling the glass, great lacing on it. It's a, it's an oatmeal stout, so obviously the mouthfeel is going to be there, in, in my opinion. I haven't tried it yet. It's a vanilla maple syrup lactose. I'm looking at the can here. Um, ABV uh, weighs in at 9.6, so that's, that's solid. And huge... Um, not huge, but I mean, you can definitely quite a bit of yeah maple, maple and vanilla. Yep, yeah, yep. that is sweet. Yeah, that's nice. I like it. I just love how they're trying a bunch of different things now. I think they they hit the scene really hard with uh, the hazy IPA, yep. and you know they're coming out with this oatmeal stout maple kind of chocolate variety every once in a while, yep. and getting into the the milkshake ipas and all that i just i i'm excited to see what they can do because yeah. i mean everything i've had from it's them every, has been really good every two weeks they're coming out with something different they're yeah. not just yeah and they're in one of the best cities in the country and you just got to hope for the best what would them. brian say that the best city oh, the yeah. best the best not knoxville yeah we'll go with not murfreesboro yeah <laughs> no not lafette <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, feeling, I, I've I'm, had a good time in Lafette. I'm feeling a road trip coming up. Well, if you have we, a, we need to get that through the hall pass yeah. process. Well, here, no, no. You guys are more than welcome. You just have to have a bike and spandex. Or, or maybe we just make a trip and yeah, say that's what we're going to do, but we don't, and we just go and I don't think you want to see a drink. <laughs> I do, and I know Dan does. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, what, yeah, what, this is good stuff. Yeah. Go. Uh, I I want to turn it over to Ryan because I want him to let us know uh, about Peoria based um, events, news, and things like that. Because one of the things we want to do is continue to highlight local uh, breweries, the process, events, things like that. So go ahead. Yeah. So uh, so today, for the record, is March fifth. It's a Monday. Um, it's a Monday. So actually, to tomorrow, um, one of our uh, a premier new uh, craft breweries in town, Bearded Owl, they are uh, releasing two beers um, once they open. So I don't know if you guys have seen this on their Facebook page or any of that, but uh, a Scottish. They have a Scottish style ale release. So they have one that's that salted caramel wee heavy style, um, similar to what uh, Mark referenced with the uh, you know the the. The dirty uh, bastard, dirty bastard, yeah. not backwards bastard. The dirty bastard. Watch your mouth. Um, and then they're doing, uh, you know, shot. I don't know much about this style, <laughs> but they're doing a. I think it's called a a Groot, G R U I T. Yep. Which is a European style, similar to that, but I don't know a lot of I kinda feel details. Like, I feel like Nick's kind of about that. Got, he's kind of dialed in on that. The they had the, uh, what was that? Vossel. The Vossel. Yeah, Vossel. Yeah. So those are coming out tomorrow. So that's actually uh, exciting time for us to get the podcast going and. Uh, get did he bit bring that out Scottish that? out just to to uh, combat um, St. Paddy's Day? So coming up? good for him. I believe I believe he did. Yeah. So that's kind of the the context of it. So St. Patrick's Day is in two weeks, and uh, Peoria, Illinois, oddly enough, has a lot of like Irish Catholic roots. Um, to for whatever <laughs> reason, I don't know. So St. Patrick's Day is like a really big deal. There's a big parade, and it's amateur hour in Peoria. Well, <laughs> They, they, Peoria loves parades. They Relative love parades. to Chicago, I'm sure it is, but uh, 
Fury doesn't do many things like really big, uh, and and this one, you know, is is they go all out for it's yeah, a big yeah. deal for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, sure. It's it's a big deal. Um, so you know the local places, the big ones around here, uh, Kelleher's and Donnelly's, they do uh, they do some big events. You know, basically an all day thing. Uh, Saturday, March seventeenth, and oh, then uh, downtown Peoria at the Septu stage, there will be an event. But Kelleher's usually put some rare beers on tap. Um, Donnelly's will too. They'll have some good bourbons out. So I mean, it's it's a good day to get out and and you know go to some local uh, local establishments in the in the town if you're around. Um, you know, then uh, you know, not super local, but uh, March thirty first will be Toppling Goliath Assassin Day. That's a Saturday. I have tickets, so I'm very oh. excited about that and had to uh, reference that for this. So I will be there, and maybe we can do uh, another right podcast that day and and call do a little guest call in or something. But um, that's a big day for uh, the town of Decorah, which is you know eight thousand people or something. But very Toppling, small. Toppling Goliath has really done an amazing job with uh, embracing the city and that you know the kind of their surrounding areas, and they send kegs to local restaurants and uh brian and i were there last year for the assassin release yep. and and it's just amazing they really do make it a, a town event not just a, a, the local brewery yeah. event so it's it's a really good way to bring in some local funds and things like that and just make it more of a, a celebration for the area as opposed to just one you know local 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 brewery doing something so uh I'll, I'll make this a little bit quicker, but uh, the Peoria Beer Fest, April 13th and 14th. Uh, there's a VIP event the morning of the 14th, uh, but that's a pretty big deal around here, especially the VIP event gets some pretty good uh, craft beers. We've had uh, we've had plenty of the Elder in years past. We've had oh. uh, nice. a, a variety of Trillium IPAs. Um, Bourbon County Rare was uh, like raffled off, like for a two ounce pour if your ticket gets pulled or something. Um, the 2010 Rare, um, Ooh, yeah, they OG do a, Rare. They do a pretty good job. They've had some OG. Crooked Stave and uh, some other uh, Russian River Sours and things like that. So it's actually a pretty cool. good event. But then the uh, the bigger one is definitely uh, everything you can get at the stores. Just a good tasting day and a pretty big day for beer people. Um, Dark Lord Day, May 19th. I know we've referenced that uh, several times on this. And then the uh, North Peoria Craft Beer Fest at the Fox Pub, the, Fox the Pub. same day as Dark Lord Day this year. So Ooh. if you can't go to Dark Lord Day on May 19th, stick around and uh, go to uh, Fox Pub. They do uh, a great outdoor beer festival with a lot of different taps, some rare ones, uh, some not-so-rare ones. My wife is the reigning... Um, Single arm, straight arm, thirty-two ounce Ooh. beer mug holding champ. Uh, she won that last year at it, so uh, she'll try to be a. Or we just took a selfie. She's trying yeah. to. She'll try to be uh, be holding defending, her reins this year, defending yeah. champ. Defending champ. Uh, so yeah, so uh, it's a fun day. It's are, are you usually guys all really really nice weather in late May and. Um, Dark yeah. Lord, are you guys are. I'll be going to Dark Lord Day. I got a hotel reserved, so that'll be uh, a fun, I fun afternoon. I think I've secured hall pass, so we're okay. Yeah. So, well, I'm in for. I'm going to. It's so Fire, Firestone Walker Invitational. Yeah, this June guy. Second. He's he's hitting up Spartan. Spartan. Yeah. Good. Cool. I, I I I can't wait. You know, we should do a. Uh, Skype. Yeah, we'll do a. a we'll oh. go. We'll do a Skype in with uh, Spartan to hear that will you guys' experience. That will be insane and a good idea. And this week, if you're uh, listening today or tomorrow, uh, is uh, Tampa Bay Beer Week all week. So, uh, Cycle, Angry Chair, Hunapu, all the 
all the really good local local breweries are doing something big all week and uh green bench on uh the does a pooter for thought and green bench always throws up some some kind of crazy stuff i think st petersburg brewing does something i mean yeah. it's crazy they uh that's a that's another thing where i don't know who started it but it's really become a a city-wide celebration of beer yeah um, cool. something i got to get to it at one of these years so that's it for the industry news update but uh yeah this yeah. time of year is great the weather starts getting warm for <coughs> people in the midwest yep. and, and northeast and it just makes <laughs> being outside and having good beers and things like that just that much that much more enjoyable yeah and uh if uh you guys are interested in a ticketed release of oculus brewing at my house on st patty's day we're going to release the uh Ryan the, we're going to camp out for that the I'm russian line tomorrow <laughs> the russian imperial stout with coconut and cocoa and we're going to do the uh new england style ipa on nice. on draft so uh the stout in bottles uh new england ipa on draft that's going to be at my house ticket to release the tickets are going to go on sale soon so <laughs> yeah yeah that's a joke we won't do Eventbrite so it doesn't crash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So uh, I'm going to appreciate everyone listening. I know we went a little over today, but uh, we're going to cheers glasses. Cheers, guys. All right. Cheers. Have, good good, uh, have a good week till next time. Yep. See you. more fun than I expected.